Welcome to the Go Big Betcast with Dave, Boomer, Producer Skip, and Redcast Rob. Welcome to the Go Big Betcast. I'm your host, David Gaspers, and I'm with Producer Skip. Howdy. Uh, my best bets seem to be slipping through the fingers, much like a football off the hands of Cade Warner. <laughs> uh, Skip, I'm sure you'll go into greater detail on that one. I'm also with Redcast Rob. I am now 0 for 2 on my lock of the week, meaning that if you want to win, stick with me. <laughs> uh, also with Boomer. Well, it kind of sounds like our predictions here might be in that orange-red category, so it's kind of up to us whether we want to keep doing these or not. So stay tuned, folks. Uh, yeah, that's very true. Actually, probably an abbreviated betcast today because uh, we will not have a, a Nebraska segment uh yeah if if six more bets uh go wrong they're gonna have big ten's gonna have to cancel this (laughs) (laughs) well we're gonna voluntarily pause the bet cast for seven days if we go zero and three again is that right (laughs) right each week we don't record just goes in as a no contest i I guess so i don't hey newsflash dave we only record every seven days oh okay well if anybody goes 0-3 again, Rob, maybe you should quarantine for 21. <laughs> I should probably quarantine the rest of my life. Uh, well, yeah, uh, obviously news today that Nebraska does not get to play on Saturday against the Badgers of Wisconsin. Very disappointing, um, you know, but the rumors have been out there ever since Graham Mertz uh, was reported to have uh, COVID-19 in the back of quarterback. Ultimately, head, head coach Paul Christ and uh, several other uh, Wisconsin players uh, all reported with, with COVID. So um, it's unfortunate, but uh, we can scratch that one off of the agenda tonight. But uh, let's recap uh, we'll, how we did last week. Uh, Skip, let's start with you. What did you do? Well, I went two for three. Uh, I, I picked Purdue uh, over Iowa. Um, and I actually won instead of just covered. I was going for one of those Big Ten quarterbacks to make their first collegiate start on the road, and I picked the right one instead of uh, Michigan losing. Um, I also had Nevada, the Wolfpack, uh, plus four and a half uh, over Wyoming, and they ended up winning outright as well in overtime. And then my uh, lock of the week was Nebraska to go over 20.5 team total points, and it looked like they were... It was in their hands, literally, to do that uh, in the third quarter on a third and goal when a football went through Warner's hands, which would have, you know, pending a PAT, got me to 21 with plenty of time to spare. Betcast bad beat. beat. Uh, So that wasn't to be. That was a super bummer. Uh, Still felt pretty confident about that after, you know, how well Nebraska seemed to be moving the ball. For a lot of that game, uh, there were still 18 minutes left after that. But, uh, you know, a fumble and a couple three and outs later, and that's all she wrote. So um, I was looking good on that one pretty early. Yeah, Skip, you know, when you, they had 14 early points, I was like, man, that, that looks like a rock-solid bet. And one of our buddies uh, had Nebraska to cover on the 27 or whatever, and he thought uh, he should have uh, bet the mortgage. And then, lo and behold, um, obviously, Nebraska in a now kind of notoriously uh for known for for poor second halves under scott frost yeah um kind of an easy backdoor cover if you will by the buckeyes could have used that backdoor (laughs) 
for me to at least get a few more points on the board. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's Jeez. the truth, you know. But when your quarterbacks fumble and uh, you drop touchdown catches, uh, you you don't end up having a competitive score at the end, even though. Um, at, at times, that felt like that game uh, was much closer than ultimately yeah, 52 absolutely. If there was ever a more appropriate time for the term backdoor cover for Ohio State, I think last week was it because, boy, do I feel like we got backdoored. <laughs> yeah, Rob, you probably were uh, referring to some of the penalty calls. Obviously, some of the targeting ones are tough. And that would have potentially impacted um, you know, what we thought about the Nebraska-Wisconsin game. Uh, I know the Graham Mertz uh, COVID-19 situation definitely had big impacts on that line. How did you do ultimately uh, last week, though? I was one for three. Um, one out of three. Yeah, one out of three. Nebraska did not cover the point spread. That 27.5 is what I took it. I don't want to talk about it. Um, Michigan State, my lock of the week at minus 12.5. Told um, you, Rob. Oh, no. You told me, Dave, and you were right. And um, we'll talk about that one later as well. Um and I did take Kansas State on the point spread at 19.5 over Kansas and off of Skip's advice, and I did win that one. So um, lesson learned, don't trust myself. <laughs> All right, and then Boomer, uh, your uh, big wager money line uh, would have produced your um, 18% profit, right? Well, darn straight. It might have been a penny slot type of bet, but, you know, Sometimes that's just what you need. You don't have to go crazy every week. You know, sometimes sensible betting's just uh, it's, it's out there, so take advantage of it. Just kind of pad things when you can and now, Boomer, take easy wins when they're there. So there's no reason to go nuts. That that bet would have uh, been uh, $18 a profit off a $100 bet. You had Clemson, Alabama, and what was the other one? K-State. Yep. K-State. All covered pretty on, easily, yep. On the and line. if you couldn't have gotten Clemson, I suggested slotting BYU in there. That would have returned a 20% profit, and heck, they, they, they covered too. So either of those would have worked for you. So. But Clemson was, in the third quarter, I believe, only up 27 to 21. Correct. So for a, a short moment, you might have been sweating it a little bit, right? That was more a novelty. And even if Clemson lost, I wouldn't feel that bad because, hey, it's fun when Clemson and Alabama and those teams lose. So it was kind of a win-win either way. It would have been worth 100 bucks. All right. Well, that's good to know. How'd you do, Dave? I went 2-1. and one. Um, My loss was the Oklahoma TCU over at 59. Apparently, when you see, see something like that and no one else is talking about it, just avoid those things like the play. Because I, I didn't hear any of the experts talking about that one. Probably should have just stayed away from it. Oh, no. Uh, the other two, though, uh, Tulsa won for me on... Friday night, and then Alabama uh, easily covered the 21. So it was a successful 2-1. And one. and uh, Skip, we also had Vegas Jer. How did he do last week? Well, he sent in four picks, so we're going to count them. Vegas Jer, if you put it on paper, we're counting it. Okay, I don't know <laughs> if you only meant three. Uh, so he went two for two. Uh, he had Minnesota and Nebraska on the spread, uh, but he lost those. LSU on the over 55, he got that. And the Wisconsin-Illinois game, the over was 51, and that just got over. No thanks to Illinois. That hit 52 points. That um, was close. Wow. That brings his season to- total to 5-2. and two. I'm sitting at 2-3 two, uh, two and three right now. Where are you guys at? I am 3-2. and two. I'm th- I had one count. I'm 3-3. Three and three. So I'm sitting at an even 500. Boomer? 
I'm doing quite wonderfully, actually. Uh, what did I do first week? Was it three bets or two bets? I, I can't think remember. you were two and zero oh, at least. Two yeah. and zero oh in that week, and then you count my money line parlay last week. We're sitting pretty. Three and zero. Oh. Yep. Bo- Boomers just counting the money. Show off. The Big Ten week ahead. Let's uh, turn our attention to this week's games, and we are obviously one short on the Big Ten slate. But other than that, we have a. Um, full day of Big Ten games. And actually, Skip, we could start with Friday night, right? We have a Big Ten game this Friday. Yeah, Minnesota at Maryland. Minnesota's getting 20 points, a 20-point favorite with an over and under of 61. I believe you got something looking good there, Boomer. Yeah, I always kind of watch this game. I like to keep an eye on the Gophers. Um, you know, I watched them play Michigan this last week, you know, try to get a sense of it. And, you know, they kind of get bull rushed by Michigan, who looks like a pretty solid team. Uh, A lot of that is Michigan just being good, I think. Uh, But another big chunk of that was uh, Maryland just being short a lot of players. Um, They're missing a good chunk of their O-line for kind of undisclosed reasons at this point. I don't know if they've ever officially announced what half of them are doing. And then uh, uh, the loyal Redcast listeners, you know, we we talked a bit about this. Basically, all their kickers were out uh, for what apparently is COVID-related issues in that first game, and their special teams were just abysmal. Um, We talked about kickoffs on it. Uh, I mentioned, like, they averaged about 36 yards a a kickoff, and if you had taken the count returns, they were netting 23 yards on a kickoff. I mean, you're you're basically giving Michigan the ball on your side of the field every time you kicked off. And same thing with punting. They couldn't punt to save their life. And now, you know, I went back and kind of looked at it. Those kickers were... In warm-ups on the field before the game. So if they're out for COVID, I'm guessing they were probably in that seven-day period where they have to reacclimate themselves. They would likely be available this week because otherwise they wouldn't have been there at all, I would, is my guess, my understanding of the whole protocol. So I haven't seen any official announcement yet, but I'm guessing those kickers will be back for Minnesota. And I don't think Minnesota is quite as bad as they looked against you know Michigan at times. Michigan just has talent. And then the opponents, Maryland, good Lord, they're just bad. I mean... They had they couldn't put up any offense yet. So you got uh, two hundred and seven total yards. Yeah, against Northwestern. yeah, against Northwestern. I mean, they're they're a solid D Northwestern, but I don't think they're two hundred and seven yards good. Uh, you know, against anybody. So uh, yeah, they rolled out with Tua. Yeah, Tua's yeah. brother. That's uh, right. He threw. He yeah, threw exactly. He threw three picks. Yeah. So I I think he's got some talent, but it's going to take a while for that to click, and they're going to have to have you know, other stuff to work, and I don't know if they have all that together yet. You know, the spread is, what, about 20 or so? It is You're 20. over under, yeah, over under anywhere from I've seen to 58 to the 60s. Some of that depends on how much you think Maryland's going to be able to score. You know, are they going to get any garbage points towards the end? Maybe, so I'd be kind of hesitant towards the over under on that. The spread, I'd feel pretty... Pretty confident Minnesota could cover 20 if you're in that range. I just, Maryland just, I don't think has a huge offense. It might start a little slow, but I think Minnesota can pull away as that game goes. That's just my initial thoughts, but I'm not calling that a lock or anything at this point. Yeah, I mean, off the bat, 61 looks like a very high total uh, considering what Maryland did on offense last week. Um, Yeah. And even Minnesota had some struggles with some fumbles. I, I, if I was going either way in this game, spread or over-under, I would be betting the under. And I probably will dabble in that. Yeah, Skip, I was actually looking at the under on that one as well. I mean, to your exact point, I'm like, what is Maryland going to contribute to this? Maybe 10, 14 points at 17 best? at the max? And then yeah. you're still saying um, that's going to be 
<laughs> 44 points by Minnesota just yeah. to push. Yep. Now, a, a fun one on this one, Skip, could be like looking at, uh, at when they come out the total points uh, for the individual teams and looking at what Maryland's actually listed on total points on this one. I took your advice on that and looked at the Clemson-Syracuse total points. Syracuse's total points was six and a half. And I'm like, I think Syracuse is going to somehow get seven points in that game. Sure, they got blown out, but sure enough, they also easily covered that. That was an easy bet for me last week. So, so that uh, is out right now because it is a Friday game and the Maryland oh yeah. team total is 20 and a half. Whoa! That seems high. That's that gonna get high. an un, that's gonna get an under bet for me for sure. Yes, I could see the under for the Minnesota's not like a um, you know slouch of a defense. You know, yeah. Well, not only that, but on average, Minnesota averages somewhere. I mean, even even in their high scoring games last year, they they didn't have too many super. I mean, they had some high scoring games. I mean, I I don't want to mention the one, but. Even that, even if they're in the 40s, is Maryland going to put up in the 20s? Are they going to put up, you know, to, to cover that? I guess that's that's the question you have to ask yourself, right? If, let's not yeah. let's not forget um, what Maryland did in their last five games of last year. Their offensive scoring was 16, 7, 14, 7, and 10. And that 10 was against Minnesota. Yeah, and that's my point is that so. even Minnesota, even if they put up 37 points, Maryland's not going to do anything to help them cover the over-under. I think the Betcast is looking to sponsor the under of this game. I think that's what we're saying. <laughs> we're talking the ourselves Maryland, into the Maryland it, yeah. team under and the game under. I think this is like lock unity with yeah. uh, the under right here. Ooh, I like that lock unity. Lock <laughs> unity. Uh, all right, Skip. What else we got from the Big Ten? The early games on Saturday. We start with Michigan State. Michigan. We got right? a couple 10 a.m. games. We got Michigan State. At Michigan, Listen Michigan to you, Mr. Favorite. Mountain Time Zone, 10 a.m. games. <laughs> oh, oh, that's right. Sorry. That's right. Uh, Michigan uh, is favored by 25 points uh, over under at 53.5 right now. Does anybody like this game I mean, in any way, shape, or form? Right off the bat, I'm going to tell you yes. <laughs> uh, like I said at the last podcast, I was fading Michigan State hard this year, given the crazy late coaching hire. Weird offseason, returning the fewest starters in the Big Ten. And I did end up betting Rutgers just so I could maybe feel like I was right. And boy, Rutgers handed it to him. And so I don't feel bad at all by betting Michigan at 25 here. I think this is Michigan State's dumpster fire season. And especially with how this COVID season has gone and when people are dumpster fires to start the year, they're, it's been bad, you know. Um, and let's be honest, Harbaugh does not mind running up the score on anybody. Any Patsy Harbaugh ever plays, yeah, it's true. He tries to win fifty-two to seven to make them look better because he loses against all the good teams, and especially against an in-state rival. I don't see Harbaugh minding just playing his quarterback all game. I don't see why Harbaugh won't run it up over twenty-eight points on. So, guys. Skip, I think those are all good points and. And I, I, I kind of thought along those lines for a while. I looked a little bit closer into this game. And, you know, Boomer, uh, the Rutgers game against Michigan State, interesting. If you look at the total yardage that Michigan State gave up to Rutgers, it was similar to Maryland. It was 200 and some yards that Rutgers actually got in that game, but scored 38 points. Yeah, when you turn the ball over seven times, that puts your defense in a bind. So Right. 
And so yeah, I wonder if that'll happen again. You know? I, I I don't know if I'm counting on Michigan State turning the ball over seven times uh, again. And so they might be a, a little bit better than what that score indicated versus the Scarlet Knights. So that's why I'm just I'm really iffy on this one. And I would like to see another game between these, uh, you know, these teams before I'm. A lot a of this, I mean, Dave. A lot of this is not even looking at the stats. It's I'm trying to confirm my offseason theory to fade Michigan State early, so I'm just going to do it till it loses. Good. Um, if you're on a roll with something, you got to stick with it, Yeah. Right? I mean, you can make a lot of money betting against Kansas. All right, next on the list is uh, Purdue at Illinois. we got the Boilermakers t- not taking on the Fighting Illini. Uh, Skip, I'm looking at a line, 7.5. Um, Purdue is favored over under around 59, huh? Yeah, I, I don't have a real good feel on this game, like how you feel on the other one. I I kind of want to see Illinois another week. They got, I mean, they gave up a heck of a performance to Wisconsin starting a first quarterback, so, but uh, I, I just don't have a good feel either way. I mean, I guess if there's one plus to Illinois, they seem to do a decent job of, you know, preventing Wisconsin from getting, kind of, getting any kind of big run game established. You know, which is usually Wisconsin's bread and butter. So maybe that's something Illinois can build on. I don't know. Uh, you know, Purdue probably doesn't have a quarterback like Mertz, you know, back there playing. So if you're thinking Illinois, you know, you've got a few things to go on there. But again, this is not a. I don't. I don't have a whole lot of faith in either team at this point, and I don't really know anything about, you know, who's good in Illinois. And you know, it seems like Rondell Moore is out indefinitely. I don't know, and is a uh, is Brom back coaching or is it Brom Junior. Brom is on the back sidelines coaching now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, again, you got questions there. So yeah, this is a tough one. I don't think I would dabble in this game too much. So Rob, you got any thoughts? I do actually, because the um, one of the things I did notice about Purdue is they seem to just be able to put wide receivers in place, and they played well. Um, their wide receiver tandem last week um, put up some pretty good numbers. And the one thing I did notice about Illinois is their defense in their secondary was horrible. Uh, some of the passing that um, Wisconsin put up against uh, Illinois last week, I mean, some of those touchdown throws that were that were downfield with the wide receivers that Purdue have, I, I almost am um, tempted to say that I think Purdue will cover on this one. You know, I mean, that all sounds logical. It- and I think you might be right. It's it's odd to me, and is in the sense that Illinois, if you remember the Nebraska game last year, the Lovey Smith defense is really typically built around a very hard hitting secondary, right? I mean, that was the game that J.D. Spielman just got cracked over the middle time and time again. Now we threw the ball for 300 yards, but it, it was a lot of punishment dealt out by those Illinois defensive backs. You watch that game versus Wisconsin last week. That was not the case. It felt like Illinois kind of sold out to stop the run against the Badgers and gave Graham Mertz, a first-time starting quarterback, lots of room, and he took advantage and, and hit 95% of his passes. So I just it's hard to read what Illinois actually is as a defense. And Yeah, it's hard to know how they're going to game plan. I mean, that that is the conventional way to stop Minnesota, especially when they're playing a quarterback making their first start. Hey, stop the run. Make him beat you. Well, he beat them. He did what he had to do. Um, I mean, even Milton Wright, I think uh, the coach was talking this week. I was looking at some interviews on that, um, the coach for Purdue, and and, uh, Milton Wright had seven receptions for 85 yards last week. Um, He didn't have any touchdown catches. David Bell 
basically. Porter Bell might be the better receiver still, over Rondell he, Moore, oh, he, I think, actually. I think Bell's a legit. He, I think so, too. And one of the things our coach was talking about was um, Brom, right, uh, was talking about uh, the work ethic of Wright, specifically, I think, in an article that I, I shared with you guys earlier this week. He averaged over 12 yards a catch. That's not something to just, you know, with seven catches, that's not something just to sneeze at, right? So um, after seeing Illinois secondary last week, I'm curious to see how Purdue takes this on. Yeah, Purdue attempted 50 passes against Iowa. Wow. So you got to think Illinois is going to change their game plan to stop the pass this game, right? So it'll be interesting to see um, how different Illinois' defense is if they do completely come out with a different game plan. And Yep. All right, uh, next on the slate, we got uh, Indiana, undefeated 1-0 Indiana, thanks to a Michael Penix uh, stretch to the pylon, which is very questionable, right, Rob? But um, a victory over Penn State. Uh, they're heading to Rutgers. we got Indiana favored by 11 over-under is 53. Rob, what are you thinking here? Um, well, first of all, I thought initially from the very beginning that he was over the line. Um, <laughs> I really did, and I'm not even joking. When I looked at that, I, th- I-, I thought to myself, that's good, because remember, all you have to do is break the plane, and before the ball touched the ground, the nose of the ball was over the line. That's that's my opinion. That's how the way I saw it, and I'm sticking to that. It's not a joke. I'm not trying to troll anybody. Um, you're trolling me, Rob. The, you're trolling me. I, well, no. <laughs> the ball touched the ground yeah, before but, the pylon. The pylon is the line. But, I don't get it. Well, I, yeah, but the ball was also angled in a certain way. So, yes, the, the larger part of the ball may have uh, touched the pylon after it touched the ground, but I think the nose of the ball was over the line itself. Um, from, the, from the views that I could see, that's the way it appeared, and that's the way I feel about it. And guess what? I'm right because they did win. So, um, But that being said, um, you were right about Rutgers last week. Uh, Graciano coming in. You you mentioned as we were talking earlier that he brought in a bunch of JUCO players from the area to come in and play, um, and they looked very well coached last week. So um, I'm actually inclined here to take Rutgers in this game at least to cover on the um, on the. I think depending on where you're at, it's anywhere from ten to eleven. Um, is the spread ten and a half? We'll call it. Um, I think Rutgers is going to cover. That's my, actually going to be my lock of the week. How's that? All right, Ooh, Rob's lock of the week. Really, you know yeah. how, how successful those are. All right. Um, <laughs> all right. Next game up, we got Northwestern at Iowa. This is a really important game for the Big Ten West. Um, it's really hard to can figure out the math on with Wisconsin and Nebraska not playing. How this shakes out, but. Iowa doesn't want to go 0 and 2. Northwestern clearly wants to start off 2 and 0. Um, Iowa favored by two and a half over under at 46 and a half. Boomer, thoughts? Yeah, yeah. This is a another one of those tough ones. I mean, Iowa didn't really look all that great in that game. They just seemed to kind of be the blah Iowa they normally were, you know, against against Purdue there. Uh, and and you know, Hydrox and you at Northwestern. Yeah, they played a game that you're supposed to play against a team like Maryland. If, if you're playing a team that's bad, you need to be able to beat them up, and they did. And so, again, I'm not sure. I do I trust you know Northwestern to be able to play that well? You know, two weeks in a row. I don't know because you know if you look back at Northwestern last year, is this just a one-game fluke? I don't know, but uh, 
hard to say. And Iowa, are they going to be that bad two weeks in a row? You know, they've had those offseason issues. I don't know there either. This is, you know, this is a game I don't feel confident either way predicting anything on this one. So I'd probably kind of shy away from this one at, at one point. So, yeah, or at this point, I don't think I would do a whole lot with this game yet. I, I, I need to see more data points for both teams to have any faith in either one of them right now. Yeah, by far the lowest over under the week, 46 and a half. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Skip. I know you like little betting nuggets. Uh, one thing, something I read last week before the Iowa game was that the Hawkeyes were thirteen in O, or, or in their last thirteen games where they are favored by, I think, uh, under five points or something like that. They had gone thirteen and O. The last time they had lost a game like that was actually against Nebraska in Bo Pelini's last year, second to last year, something like that. And so they. Uh, because of the style of offense they play under Kirk, they, they win those close games uh, that they're favored to win. And last week they actually lost one of those for the first time in like six years. Uh, so the question here is, there's another instance. They're favored by two and a half. Are they going to get back on that train and, and win a close game that they're favored in, or are they going to go 0-2? Well, Dave, I hear there's been a big culture shift at Iowa in the offseason due to some uh, circumstances, so... <laughs> Maybe that's changing some of these betting nuggets from previous seasons, that's right? That's right. Iowa, will, <laughs> the culture's shifted. It's changed entirely. Uh, I don't know. That's a, You're right. That over-under is is intriguing. It's, it's, well, that's, I mean, that is low over-under for college football this season. Yeah, but just In last general. week, Purdue yeah. beat them 24-20, to 20, right? So, Yep. Uh, probably expecting more of the same with those two offenses. I'm calling same it score. Iowa 21 and you, yeah, or no, Northwestern seventeen. You can edit that out, but <laughs> I, I am, uh, I'm, you... yeah, I'm staying away from this game. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I would say the under is probably likely, but yeah, twenty-one seventeen. You don't make money betting unders this season. Yeah, that's the truth. And the overs are the way Stay to go. Away from that one. All right, <laughs> Big Ten game of the week in potentially if it wasn't for a, a, a questionable call by Indiana and a, um, last week uh, a top 10 matchup between Ohio State and Penn State. Now we have a um, number three ranked Ohio State, I believe, versus 18th Penn State, something like that. We have the Buckeyes favor, favored by 12. Over-unders at a more normal college number of 64. Skip, uh, what are you thinking about this one? Uh, this is a game I like to call I've Seen Enough, and I've seen enough of Ohio State to know I will gladly take them when they are less than a two-touchdown favorite. Um, as we meant, as you mentioned on the redcast, Ohio State has beaten 11 straight Big Ten opponents by double digits. Um, and... They're just firing in all cylinders. They got a Heisman-winning quarterback, you know, who's going to be one of the top two finalists this year, if not win the Heisman. Why won't you take a team that is proven week in and week out that they're consistent and keep beating people by double digits? You know, they don't let people come catch them off guard to get in a close game, and they're certainly not going to ever look a Penn, uh, overlook a Penn State team on top of it. Um, and then the big emotional shift I feel in this game is, you know, every recruit who goes to Penn State football does not ever think they go to 
play at Penn State and will ever lose against Indiana, right? So not only do they go lose their season opener to Indiana, how deflating for the rest of their outlook on the rest of the season, but they they blew that game. They should have won that game in the la- in the late minutes. So Absolutely. Not only did they did that against a team they should have beaten, but they did that in a game if you were watching the game scenario, that they should have won. There's they had no 500 way yards of offense, Skip. Right. Indiana had 200. Gotta, yeah. Now they got to turn around and play Ohio State, the cream of the crop in the conference, and they don't get that re-energizing juice of home fans to do it. So that's even more deflating that they're going to go try to get psyched up after blowing that game against a team they don't think they should ever lose to and play the best team on a year they get them at home and can have that crowd backing them to an empty stadium and try to kind of convert that energy into anything good against a team that is great in fields that I have every confidence every week to bet on him. I will gladly take Ohio State uh, less than two touchdowns, and it is going to be one of my best bets this week. You know, Boomer, uh, typically this would be a whiteout in Happy Valley, right? So to Skip's point, he's absolutely right. Typically Penn State might go back, lick their wounds, know that they're going to have 107,000 people clad in white going crazy there, and they're not going to have that environment. And and Franklin has actually coached really well versus Ohio State. The last four years, Penn State has been right there with Ohio State, even if when it, on paper it looks like it should be a blowout, kind of like this year. And, and, and Penn State has down two running backs. Micah Parsons is in there. I think Sean Clifford looked pretty darn good last week, and they produced 500 yards of offense. But there's a lot of things going against them um, if if they're going to pull this one off. Yeah, this is. I have a hard time seeing Penn State pulling this off for all the reasons you just said. Um, you know, Penn State, you're counting on basically a quarterback to do all your rushing now. I mean, uh, Noah Kane, I think, is out for the rest of the season this year, so I'm not even sure who's starting at running back anymore for Penn State and. You're coming off that deflating loss, and now all the pressure is on Penn State at this point. You know, at best, you're going to have a bunch of white cardboard cutouts in the stands. It doesn't quite cut <laughs> it. And, you know, if they lose this game, they're 0-2, and you're, they're basically, you know, your season's done in terms of hoping to win the win the East because basically you're down two games in the East, and, you know, you're not going to catch anybody at that point. So that's a lot of pressure on them. They've already shown they have trouble with decision-making in games. You know, Franklin always seems to have those little errors in the end of games, can't quite pull through. You know, their defense was good against Indiana, but are they going to be able to, you know, Penix isn't isn't Justin Fields. There's just no way around it. So I, I do have a hard time seeing this. I was kind of surprised the, the line opened as low as it did in some places. Yeah. I saw it as low as 5.5. It opened at 8 at other sites. You know, the, the money's definitely drifted Ohio State's way. But, uh yeah, this would be one I'd I'd feel pretty confident in Ohio State in this one. You know, you recently history doesn't even need to, Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't even need to be a blowout, Dave. I mean thirteen points is respectable to lose to Ohio State by. And and that would cover the spread in this scenario. All right, guys. Well I think we've covered the Big Ten uh, across the board there. Hopefully we gave uh, our listeners a, a few nuggets of info. Maybe they might want to place a better two. I think I will. Uh, let's head into our best bets. Betcast best bets. All right, now it's time for the Betcast best bets. Try to say that three times quickly. Uh, thanks for 
that producer skip i really appreciate that that line um let's start with uh, vegas jer now he's uh, five and two on the year right skip what does he have for us this week he's got wyoming he got him at plus two but they are down to uh or minus two i believe but they're a uh, half point favorite against hawaii at home uh, he's got rutgers plus 11 over indiana and then he's got the LSU Auburn game, which is over sixty-five and a half points. Wow! Well, I just want to speak up for Honky here. He's aware of the the altitude in Wyoming, right? <laughs> yes, I. <laughs> I hope he's aware of that. Okay. He's probably betting against Hawaii too, because that's sea level, man. That's right. That's right. So that game's in Wyoming, uh, essentially a pick'em game almost. And so yes, Jer is a pick them essentially. Jer is taking Wyoming, the Cowboys. Uh, Rutgers eleven over Indiana. That's lock unity with Rob, right? That's right, man. Uh, Rutgers is my lock of the well, week. Well, let's go into your picks, Rob. Do, 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 do. What, you're taking Rutgers as your lock. You have two more for us. I I do. Um, I am going to take Ohio State, and uh, at I think right now I locked him in at plus twelve. Or, I mean, minus 12. Sorry. I did take Ohio State at minus 12 um, because you'd be stupid not to. That's like free money at this point based off of uh, the way that Ohio State has just been murdering all of their opponents lately. And then, uh, skip, skip, skip. You did it to me. I'm going to take Iowa State at minus 28.5 at this point. You told me just to ride out betting against Kansas until I lose, and I haven't lost yet, so I'm just going to keep on it, and those are my three picks of the week. All right, so let's recap that again, Rob. You are lock unity with Vegas Jair with Rutgers. You're taking uh, Ohio State, and you're taking Iowa State to cover versus the lowly Jayhawks. Excellent. That's correct, and when you say it out loud, I almost feel like I'm just giving money away. <laughs> All right, um, let's uh, head on over to Boomer. What do you have for me, man? Well, you know, there's a couple of games I've been eyeballing this week. You know, again, I'm not confident in a lot of the Big Ten picks yet, only with, you know, one data point behind us, so I'm kind of ignoring that. I, I was given some thought to K-State in West Virginia. You know, if you take the the Rays Blake Snell approach and go with the, the stats you take West Virginia in that game Hart says take K-State I'm not sold in either one yet though um, but there there are two games that intrigue me that I think I would consider um, North Carolina against Virginia North Carolina is only about a seven point to six and a half point favorite currently in most sites it opened it only North Carolina at minus four at a few places but uh yeah, against Virginia, it kind of surprises me. Virginia's got a defense, but they just don't seem to be able to score. I, I have faith in the Tar Heels and been able to win that by probably about 10 or 13, so I feel pretty good on that one. And the other pick I have, uh, Old Miss and Vanderbilt. Uh, Old Miss is about a 16-point favorite currently on that. Vanderbilt just has no offense. I mean, Old Miss doesn't have a great defense, but the one thing they can do is score points, and they're going to score more than... 16 more than Vanderbilt will in this game. So I think those are two pretty safe locks this week. That's a good call, Boomer. That was on my list of potential bets. Um, I also also looked at the K-State-West Virginia game. Um, I do think I'm going to take K-State on that one. Um, I think uh, they should be able to... I think it's um, 
they're plus three and a half, so they're getting points there. Yeah, yeah. If you look at stats, K State should not be as good as they are. They don't have a great offense. They're giving up yardage, but they keep winning. They don't. They don't make those huge mistakes. They're not turning the ball over a lot. They're not heavily penalized. So yep, that's they're right. They're doing those things they need to do to win. So I'll, I'll get my two other bets in before I hand it over to Skip. Um, I'm, I'm going to stick with Tulsa. Tulsa's won for me. I'm going to do it again. They are playing ECU. East Carolina is a horrible team this year. And uh, Tulsa at 17 and a half. Uh, I think they're going to cover that. And then um, SMU versus Navy. Uh, SMU, pretty good team. Uh, lost last week. Uh, Navy's not vintage Navy at all. Uh, SMU to cover 13. Skip. Yeah, like I said earlier, I am taking Ohio State and the 12 points over Penn State. I also like Georgia at minus 15 over Kentucky, but I'm actually going to buy that down to minus 14 on DraftKings. If you guys aren't paying attention, Kentucky has a horrible offense, okay? They're 85th in total offense. That puts them in the region with Western Kentucky, Louisiana Monroe, Syracuse, and Kansas. And how good do you feel about those offenses? Yeah. Uh, Kentucky is 72nd in team passing efficiency, and they rank 91 out of 101 teams that have played so far in offensive plays per game. Uh, They are just getting nothing done on offense, and I don't see how Georgia, they're going to be able to keep within 14 points of Georgia with an offense that bad the over under at 42 and a half almost might dabble on that because i don't know how kentucky's putting up more than six in that game and georgia has you know they've rolled pretty well all year except that bama game but they hung in it for a little while and georgia's also coming off a bye this week when kentucky has played five straight so i really like georgia in this spot uh uh, my second pick and uh, i'll call this one my Luck of the week, Nevada, minus 14 over UNLV. I'm going to buy a half point down to 13.5 on DraftKings. UNLV, you guys, I have found the Kansas of the west side of the Rocky Mountains, and it is called UNLV. (laughs) Bet against them, okay? They had 186 total yards of offense last week, and that wasn't a Rutgers-style low offensive output with many turnovers. That was with only one turnover, 186 total yards, 106 passing, 80 rushing. And they're going against Nevada, who was really who I had last week in one as an outright dog. Uh, Nevada returned 17 starters, uh, one of the most uh, in all of college football this year, including their quarterback. And what they do last week in their first game, they put up 500 yards against Uh, Wyoming, 420 in the air. So just a huge difference in production. I like Nevada to easily win by two touchdowns or more. My lock of the week. And um, I am also going to dabble, just so you know, a few side bonuses. Like I had mentioned earlier, I'm going to be taking Michigan minus 25. That's a bet against Michigan State. And I'm also going to put Iowa State uh, minus 28, a bet against Kansas. (laughs) 
Keep betting against those bad teams until they don't cover for you anymore. That's right. We're starting to see some of these rivalry games, though, already, right? Michigan-Michigan State plays for some sort of statue, right? Boomer, Paul Bunyan's something or other? No, oh, I'm sure they do. Yeah, we'll, we'll just say so. Yeah. And then Nevada-UNLV, that's like the Silver State something or other, right? It's something, right? Yeah, the Silver State brothel key. <laughs> That sounds about right, Skip. That sounds familiar, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the Paul uh, Bunyan Governor Trophy. Yeah, it's a lumberjack. It's got one of the newer ones. I think that came out in the 50s, if I remember right, with Michigan. Oh, yeah, that's not a classic trophy. But yeah, it's okay. Right, right. It's still All better right. than that land-grant trophy that Michigan State and Penn State <laughs> played for, which was, like, stapled together with some carpet remnants and some siding and a telephone or something they found. Yeah, so. It's the uh, worst. UNLV. Go ahead, Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, UNLV and... Nevada play for the Fremont Cannon. The Fremont Cannon. See, I knew it was a It is a cannon. There we go. All right, guys. Uh, Great show. Skip, I think you probably have a PSA you want to read off. Oh, sure, yeah. Uh, Don't bet what you don't have. Have fun with it. Bet responsibly. And uh, if you you need some help, get in touch with the the National Council on Problem Gambling. They have a help network, 1-800-522-522. 4700 or you can reach them online and chat with somebody ncpgambling.org all right good stuff guys looking forward to a week uh even though it's without nebraska hopefully everybody has some good luck out there win a few bets and let's call that a go big bet cast go big red money